0: You're listening to teaching from the Castle Hills Christian Church in San Antonio, Texas. More information about Castle Hills Christian Church is available at chccsa.com. Anybody besides me really look forward to thunderstorms? Really good rainstorms? There's a few. I like standing outside in the covered porch and just watching the rain, the sideways wind, the lightning that comes down, whether you get the solid straight bolt or the stuff that just spreads across the sky for miles. I enjoy that. And then at the end of it, when it's all said and done, the calm comes, all the rain has washed all the stuff away, all the Pollen and the dirt off the trees and the bushes and everything so vibrant. We all get thunderstorms in our lives. And we all get storms. The question is, what do we do and how do we deal with those thund- thunderstorms when they when they come? Uh, if you're new, we are in the middle of a series called All In, and. I'm just kind of working, working through different situations, and today we're literally going to walk with Jesus through a storm. And like I said, it depends on what you do with that storm, where you, where you, the actions you take, and what we, what we do with it. Now, our, our text today is Matthew 14:22 through 32. And kind of what's gone on here is Jesus has just finished feeding the 5,000, and he tells the disciples, Go. And he says, Immediate, Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves, because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch in the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, "'Tell me to come to you on the water.' "'Come,' he said. "'Then Peter got down out of the boat, "'walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. "'But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, "'and beginning to sink, he cried out, "'Lord, save me.' "'Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. "'You of little faith,' he said, "'why do you doubt?' "'And when they climbed into the boat, "'the wind died down. "'Then those who were in the boat worshipped him.' saying, truly, you are the Son of God. Now, here the disciples are doing exactly what Jesus told them to do. Get in the boat and go. Now, so that we kind of get a clear picture of this, this isn't some yacht. This isn't some large cruise ship. This is a little fishing boat. It's probably 25, 27 feet long. It's about seven feet wide and about four feet deep. And you can get about 15 people in this boat. And he tells them, get in and go. The sea of Galilee, as it says, is really a lake. It is a freshwater lake. It is called a sea because of that great word we all love, tradition. So this lake... It has about 33 miles of shoreline around it. It is not a small little lake. Within those 33 miles of shoreline, he tells them, get in and go. It is about 700 feet below sea level. It has an eastern mountain bank on it. And as the wind comes across the mountain bank, it is naturally pulled down across the water and it causes violent windstorms. That still occurs to this day. Now, Jesus tells them to get in the boat and go. And you got to think that the lake was calm at that time. Otherwise, they would have said, yeah, not now. I'm not going. And I would think that they were at least halfway across. They had been in the boat all night long. Otherwise, when this windstorm kicked up, they'd have probably just turned back. So they have been battling this wind for who knows how long. They've been up all night trying to get to the other, the other side. They are tired. And they see this figure walking to them across the water. And they cry out. And Jesus tells them, take courage. It is I. Have no fear. And... The Greek text for it is I literally just translates into I am or I exist. So he's telling them you see me because I exist and since I exist, I am here. And then he tells them have no fear. Have no fear. There are 365 verses in the Bible dealing with fear. So with the exception of February 29th, He's got you covered. (laughs) Think he's probably got that one covered too. And he tells him, have no fear. Peter being Peter, he said, we know Peter is very brash, very impulsive. Peter's the one that asks Jesus who's the greatest disciple. Peter's the one that cuts off Malchus's ear when Jesus is being, being arrested. It's Peter who denies Christ three times. It's Peter that's always about doing something first and then thinking about it later. So this is right down Peter's alley. And there's this kind of contention, I think, between Peter, James, and John as they kind of, at least in Peter's mind, debate and argue and try to figure out who the greatest disciple is of the 12 and we know that Peter, James, and John are Jesus's inner three. And so Peter, by saying, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come and walk on the water. I think it's Peter just kind of one more time saying, I'm better than you. Watch what I'm going to do. So Peter gets down out of the boat and he walks across the water. He obviously got far enough that he couldn't just reach the boat. And you can kind of see Peter going, check me out, look what I'm doing. And he sees the wind, and he begins to sink. And he immediately cries out, Lord, save me. And he picks him up and tells tells him, you have little faith. See, it, it was Peter because Peter says, Lord, send me, let me come. He doesn't say, if it's really you, make John go. He's willing to take the risk. He's willing to see. He's willing to challenge Jesus and say, "Send me. Let me go." So he comes, he walks out there. He's focused on Jesus when he climbs down out of the boat. He gets on the water. He gets his 2 feet out there, walks however far he walks, figures out, "Look what I am doing." First mistake. Look what I And he begins to sink. And again, he he cries out, Lord, save me. Peter lost focus of Jesus. He got caught up in the surroundings. He got caught caught up with, look what I am doing. I am walking on water, just like Jesus. And he sank. He was focused on the wrong thing. When he began to sink and he cries out, Jesus, save me, Jesus picks him up and they walk back to the boat together. Now, there's nothing significant that changed at all from the time that Peter walked out on the water, began sinking, and Jesus grabbed him. Because the text says the storm is still blowing. Jesus was carrying Peter back to the boat. The only thing that changed was Peter's focus. He was focused on Jesus again. He was able to look through the surroundings, look through the storm. When I was learning to drive, we were in Washington, D.C., Virginia area. They have winter there. (laughs) I got to learn to drive in the snow. I had a 1975 Chevy panel van. That was my first car. Rear wheel drive in the snow. The first thing they teach you in driver's ed out on that end of the coast is if you are driving and you're in a snowstorm, number one, don't. But if you have to, they tell you don't turn on your brights. Well, That doesn't make any sense to a 16-year-old kid. It's blinding. All, those, all the snow that's coming at you, the reflection. But then they tell you, if you are driving, you have to look out as far as you can, past the snow. Don't try to focus on the front end of the car. Don't focus on all the snow blowing in your face. It will give you a headache with all the lights reflecting and all of that. Focus out as far as you can focus. Go slow. You know, and at, As we focus on that, the storms in our lives can be great big storms. Health issues, relationship issues, financial issues, job issues, issues. Life is an issue. What do we focus on? See, Peter walked out there, lost focus and cried out for Jesus to save him. We're a little more savvy these days. We've changed it to Jesus take the wheel. <laughs> and because Jesus has a sense of humor, sometimes he does that. <laughs> because we still have the steering wheel in our hand, we still have our foot on the gas pedal and the brake pedal, and we just cry out Jesus take the wheel but do it on my terms, I've got to do this, I'm going to fix that, you fix this. Let me deal with the rest of it. We're not able to turn it all over and just focus on Jesus through the storm. We get caught up with, I can do, look what I'm going to do, you deal with that. And so he does that to stop us he does that to get our attention. There's a few things that I believe happen when we're going through storms in our lives. And we'll narrow it down to three. One, Jesus is going to speak to you somehow. It may not be in the voice you think it will be. Your neighbor may come over. Somebody will help you with something. You will read something in the Bible that you hadn't seen before. One way or another, he's going to say, I got this. Have no fear. The second, he's coming to you. Again, one way or another, he will send somebody. He will send what you need. The thing is, he does that in his time. He does that when it is going to create the largest impact to you Or potentially somebody else that is watching you go through this storm, that could be helping you go through this storm. That's when he's going to come, not when you necessarily need him to or want him to. The third, when he comes, and if we are truly focused on Jesus, focused on what is going on, and not so much your surroundings and your situation. We let him in the boat. We actually let him in the driver's seat so that he can take the actual steering wheel, deal with the gas pedal, the clutch, and the brake. He's got this. We have to look past the storms. We have to look past our physical conditions, the things that are going on, the little irritations that just bloom and keep going. Because see, the the little things build up. It's like that slow, steady rain. It's just a slow mist, just enough to keep everything wet. But eventually the ground gets saturated and things flood. And it was never a big storm, just a lot of little things that continue to come up day after day, night after night, situation after situation. How do we look past those? How do we focus on Jesus? Everybody's familiar with the, the footprint thing. There was a new one that came out several years ago. And I don't know why I still call it new, but there was another one that came out. And the short version of it is there is a guy walking with Jesus and he tells him, you know, Jesus, I understand the two sets of footprints. I understand we were walking together. And he says, yes. He said, I understand that when there was only one set of footprints, you carried me. And he said, yes. He says, what I don't understand is all this chaos on the other side. And he says, and he tells him. That's where we danced. I don't dance. <laughs> but you, you understand. On the other side of the storm is an opportunity to dance, possibly with Jesus. And there's a saying, dance with the one who brought you. Well, he brought you there. He's bringing you through it He will bring you through it. And that is usually the closest you are ever going to be, that we will ever be with Jesus. Because, see, He tells us 365 times have no fear. And one of those He tells us have no fear, for I have overcome the world, I've created the storms. I control the storms. I will get you through the storm. Just continue to focus on me. You may think the storms in your life are burying you. They're just never ending. They keep coming. Well, what if the storms in the, the storms that are in your life, you're being planted. You're being ready to grow. What if the storms in your life are for no other reason than for God to be glorified? The lame man, when the disciples asked him, who sinned that this guy would be born lame? Jesus tells him, nobody sinned. He was born lame so that I may be glorified at this time. Your storms may be for nothing more than for you to grow But for those around you watching us go through our storms, come to know Jesus. When they ask, this, that, and the other thing is going on, how can you still have that joy? How can you be calm? Because he says, fear not. I've got this. So the question is, will we focus on Jesus And are we ready to dance?